0: It's me, Hario! It's me, Aurorio! And you're listening to Games on Film.
1: This is us, we're back and it's a big one, the 50th episode of Games on Film and we couldn't choose a bigger film than the Super Mario Brothers movie.
0: We've been holding on to doing this movie for quite some time. You can't do a video games movie based podcast without mentioning the Super Mario Brothers movie and we've had it as our banner on our website and uh, on the Facebook page and on the SoundCloud and... Everywhere, the Super Mario Brothers, uh, brothers themselves. But we thought we would hold it back and wait until a momentous occasion such as our 50th episode. Not including our episode zero, but that's, no. that's more of a mini so that doesn't really
1: technically count. I know. Well, oh, I don't know. I've been writing a lot of 50th anniversary stuff and I'm like, eh, it's 51 technically. Uh, it it's, counts. It's, it's like the millennium. You, yeah, you do, you do celebrate the zeroth year. So, um, anyway, this is the 50th episode. Now that's the admin out of the way. um, I'm very, very excited. I have not watched this film for many a year. Mm -hmm. not saying I was unfamiliar with it, because it's a biggie. And and being Nintendo kids, we both grew up as Nintendo kids, it was just always there. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and it, it was a big deal. It was probably the first proper video game movie we've mentioned earlier films which have taken their cues and inspirations from video games and we covered tron back in episode 10 for instance
1: don't forget um was it joysticks thanks to this podcast i've seen joysticks yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) if there's anything that you take from this whole experience Mm -hmm. take joysticks
1: (laughs) i can't untake it
0: (laughs) but yes super mario brothers was a big deal not just because we're talking about an adaptation of One of the biggest video game series there was at the time and ever has been and continues to be. But also, yeah, the first proper one out of the gate, I would say, in terms of
1: um, video game movie adaptations. In the trivia section of IMDb, it says that it's the first video game movie financed by Hollywood. And although it was like an independent studio, it does say at the end it's Buena Vista. It's like Hollywood Pictures, so... It's it's much more legitimate than uh, joysticks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so um, I guess it's just an amazing question to ask when you're adapting a video game for the first time. It's like the first people to put martial arts in a martial arts movie. It's like, <laughs> so how do we actually do the whole fighting thing? I suppose
0: they couldn't have picked a more challenging game to adapt hmm. than what is presented by the super mario
1: games well i guess crucially if you wanted to make a live action movie because the mario movie is really just doing what hollywood's been doing for years they take a popular bit of pop culture for some reason i'm thinking of the transformers movie you know that was a transformers movie because transformers was a popular toy Uh, Care Bears... I think the first movie I ever saw at the cinema was the Care Bears movie. Mm -hmm. And my mum says... "Oh, (laughs) mum... Our mum says uh, she fell asleep and she's never quite forgiven me.
0: I thought you were going to say she's never quite woken up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I distinctly remember this being announced it wasn't announced in the news but you know <laughs>
0: news at 10 news at 10 super mario brothers
1: movie announced it's happening it's <laughs> happening also in the news the, the gulf war the gulf war <laughs> no I, I think it must have been in a magazine like fast forward or um flips flicks yes probably and uh, i just had visions in my mind as to what this could be i had i guess i pictured teletubby land in my head because the mario games are colorful rolling hills mario in the games and uh sort of his comic books and things he's like kind of a mickey mouse character
0: yeah and even with the
1: super mario brothers super show mm. for instance that was all very colorful the, the animation sections definitely yeah the live action sections in that tv show I'm not too dissimilar to what we get in this film in terms of characterization,
0: yeah, and I think the characterization of of Mario in the cartoon and comets and around that time is is fairly matched in the in the motion picture,
1: yeah, I mean, if you're thinking Brooklyn Italian plumber, your mind turns to like a cockney British thespian. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just pictured I pictured something entirely different to what we got. One of the inspirations
0: behind the adaptation was the success of Batman Mm. in 1989, which took a well-known property, which hadn't been used on the big screen for about 30 years at that point, and did something different with it, made it a bit edgy, made it a bit dark, a bit cool, bit cool, and it was a super smash, and <laughs> I
1: like that term, it wasn't a box office hit, it was a super smash! I don't know, with the, onomatop- reporter, with super the,
0: smash. With the onomatopoeia of whenever Adam West throws a punch in the mm. Batman TV series, I, I sort of feel super smash is maybe something which would flash up on screen. Mm,
1: absolutely.
0: Um, And I sort of think around, like, the early 90s. I mean, after Mario, you had things like the Flintstones and uh, Richie Rich. Or, you know, you just seem to have... um, Adam's Family, though, classic. Adam's Family, you know, hits and misses. Mm -hmm. And Adam's Family, undeniable hit, at least with us. Mm. But also at the box office. Uh, So you have all these sort of properties swirling around. So it was perhaps inevitable that video games would end up amongst them um Mm. in some capacity but i guess it was just a case of what's the most
1: popular game out there and super mario was it i mean there there was all these stats being thrown up like mario was more recognized on the planet than uh i'm gonna say mickey mouse not jesus not (laughs) yet anyway
0: that famous moment when mario came out and said he was bigger than jesus and of course (laughs) a huge backlash everyone remembers that
1: (laughs) I remember I mentioned this earlier on the podcast when uh, Luke Owen uh, came to visit us. This coming out, the Mario movie coming out like a fortnight before Jurassic Park in the UK. And I was ready for Super Mario to walk all over Steven Spielberg's latest opus. Yeah, And it's like, oh, he's been working half his time on Shinzo's list, half his time on Jurassic Park. We're only going to get half a good movie with Jurassic Park. And history has... uh, not really panned out that way. Yeah. But, but, but... Now we're talking about 30-odd years, almost 30 years, since the Super Mario Bro- Brothers movie came out. I think it has got a very strong cult appeal. No less than uh, the Super Mario Brothers Archive, uh, which is a, a resource online, is kind of like a, a mecca for um, this movie in a way that few other quote-unquote bad movies get. That website, you should definitely check it out if you want to learn more about the nitty-gritty of how this film was made. I just think that website is done from a real place of affection and and not so bad it's good. I mean, my initial reaction might have been kind of what the flip and sort of disappointment maybe, but I think there's a lot of nostalgia wrapped up in this film.
0: Yeah, because I think it's wrapped up in this uh, twin nostalgia of both the video games and the film itself and because there's so many fascinating stories behind its production and how much it differs from the source material and i guess when it was presented people were just like what the hell is this this isn't what i know mm. but once you dig deep into it and find out about the different scripts and the um troubles on set And how everything was fairly compromised and uh, script rewrites and ending up with kind of a mess that had to be stitched together. And you can tell there's a lot of ADR and there's a lot of exposition, which is all sort of trying to, you know, tie all these elements together, not always successfully. You get a new sort of appreciation for it.
1: It seems weird... Because you've done a bit more reading into the, the different versions than I have. But to me, all they're really saying is get the rock. Here's the rock. Let's take the rock here. And uh, I don't know how much more complex the story could have been.
0: I guess it's not complexities about story. It's more just they just go from scene to scene, pinion around, being chased here. Rock is in this person's hands, then it's in another person's hands. And it's just have you aimless. Seen,
1: have you seen The Rise of Skywalker yet? Um,
0: moving on but again if you want to get an idea of all the different earlier versions more sort of fantasy focused more sort of in line with the original games with like Super Mario Kart sequence and all kinds of other sort of what? (laughs) interpretations of the games um, again visit the Super Mario Brothers Movie Archive website or as we mentioned our, our guest on our Uh, I think episode 40, Luke Owen, his book lights, camera game over has a good chapter all about the super Mario brothers movie and the um, pre-production production production and post-production and general production. Yeah. General reception. So
1: (laughs) it goes right up until today, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: So I think those are a good, uh, good resource if you want to get really stuck into all the behind the scenes. But the thing is, is just to talk about maybe the people involved, mm-hmm. the directors are Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jankel, who got the project because of their work doing Matt's Headroom, starring Matt Fruer, who um, we mentioned in reference to Castlevania, mm-hmm. and Lawnmower Man 2, Beyond Cyberspace <laughs> as well, of which I think this film has some similarities yes. and feel and um, also
1: i mean you can't be ignored that just so seems to have quite a few similarities with double dragon we did a few episodes yeah, ago both yeah. brothers there's a mutant character who helps out people <laughs> at the end it's uh again something in the water in early 90s cinema
0: yeah i don't know why that was the thing at the time but <laughs> clearly mm-hmm. clearly it was one director who was approached was harold ramus yes from ghostbusters and uh director of groundhog day etc
1: when you hear about these people, you just imagine what their version of a Mario movie would be. Not necessarily this.
0: Yeah. Apparently he was a fan of the games, but uh, said it was a, a good thing that he didn't do it. But they assembled, you know, interesting people. So the production designer was David L. Snyder, who had done the production design for Blade Runner and <laughs> Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So that explains why... You know, it the sets of like things that looks like Blade Runner. No, I
1: mean in my notes I put I really do like this Blade Runner ripoff and it's, yeah. it's legit. That's the why. The production they had him. design is great. Yeah. Editor Mark Goldblatt, who
0: editor on things like Terminator mm-hmm. and Predator.
1: Speaking of Predator. The music by Alan Silvestri. Yeah, of course. Very, very jaunty music. I appreciate it a lot. And also lashings of is it funicule funicular? Did yeah, just a little bit to that. Absolutely, yes. Not you know, not not um,
0: stereotypical at all. Well, we had that in Spider Man 2 as well.
1: We did. It's like the with second, the pizza missions again. Forty episodes, two mentions of vernacular, vernacular. We're, we're doing well.
0: I also spotted first assistant director on the film was Louis Desposito, who's hmm. better known now as the co-president of Marvel Studios. He did a lot of first assistant directors, hmm. a lot of executive producing of things, Men thought, no, I'm just going to stick to Marvel now. Yeah, and I'm it's a, probably very, very uh, powerful
1: and rich man now. And of course, um, getting in the credits, Ed Solomon was there for rewrite purposes. He, yes. He of, uh, I think, Bill and Ted and Men in Black fame.
0: Yeah. It's one of those things where there's enough talent that could pull something off, but clearly a lot of issues mm. and a lot of, Interference and, I'd say, miscommunication and possible ineptitude <laughs> resulted in what was clearly a very troubled production, uh, which wasn't exactly met with no. critical uh, acclaim.
1: No, I don't know if I'd change this film. I guess this yes. is what I'm getting at. <laughs> Not in Brooklyn no more.
0: Luigi! You
1: better not hurt They're brothers. They're plumbers. Ah! Oh, no. Mario! Luigi! They're on the trail Dengie! of a kidnapped princess ah! and a mystical meteorite. It's incredible! That gives anyone who possesses it ah! the power. Universe. Get
0: me the rock! Killing it,
1: Lizard breath Now, they must rescue the princess. Luigi! alien species escaping. And make it safely back. Later. Alligator. To our world. Are you alright? Before time runs out. Mario Brothers, this ain't no game.
0: Because we know now that there is a Mario yes. animated movie coming, which will potentially stew closer to the source material and has more direct involvement with Shigeru Miyamoto, creator of Mario, who commented on this 1993 film as stewing too close. to the source material was his complaint well he said it was more that the film ended up being about the video game rather than a thing unto itself and he wanted it as much as possible to be as far away from the games because he doesn't believe at least in the interview quoted at the time that video games and movies uh, tend to work together so I guess that's why he's more heavily involved with this upcoming illumination animation Mm. project.
1: I know that's I think out of any film in in pre-production right now, I am waiting to see what their take on Mario is going to be, because let's be real here, Super Mario. <laughs> let's be real. Let's be real. What's that rock set song called at the end of this uh, film? Almost unreal. Let's be almost unreal, i.e., real. <laughs> Mario. As he exists today, he has like next to no character. Like Luigi has more character. While Luigi, Wario, they all have more character. Even Sonic has more character before this new film version than you know. He, he was he was the, he had attitude. If that's a he, characteristic, he's, he's got to go fast. He's got to go fast, and he's got attitude. He's all about them rings. <laughs> um, so. The early 90s Mario, or 80s to 90s Mario, with with the cartoons, he was okay, an archetype, a gruff Italian plumber, but he had a character, and I am so interested to see whether the new film will go to that version, the early version, or what do they? Do? It's like it's like it's like Mickey Mouse. What do you do with him? It's How like... do you solve a
0: problem like Mario? Exactly.
1: So I'm very intrigued. But our
0: history with Mario, I guess, goes back to the start of us playing video games. Oh,
1: very much. Yeah. Very much
0: inseparable. I don't think Mario was necessarily the first video game I ever played, but we did receive a Nintendo Entertainment System action set as oh, a yes. joint birthday present, mm-hmm. I think. And that was... I think it was £100. Yeah, and it included a Light Gun. And two controllers and Super Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt. Yeah, no matter how much I tried, I couldn't get Mario to use that light gun. (laughs) (laughs) Although in this film, it's weird how much people use guns just to use computers. At one point, Mm -hmm. Cooper and Daisy, they're shooting like a TV monitor as like a kind of computer mouse. Yeah. It's very gun happy. Even later on in the film... They use Super Nintendo Super Scopes yes. that double as the de-evolution guns, mm-hmm. and then you have the Goombas firing flamethrower fireballs.
1: Yes, I mean not quite fireflowers, are they?
0: No, but it's just a, it's just this <laughs> kind of like this weird brother adult trigger happy mm. element.
1: Oh, this is going back to what I was saying about the upcoming Mario movie, and just I mean this has a lot of. I think one-and-done things you'll never see in any other Mario media. I mean, in this film, Mario kills cops. <laughs> <In> <laughs> he's a this, cop killer. He's a cop killer. In this film, uh, Mario and Luigi, as a disguise, wear kind of leather fetish masks uh, when they're driving a dump truck. That's not going to be in Mario Odyssey 2. <laughs> I mean, he does lots of hats, but he's not going to be in a gimp mask, is he? <laughs> and, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's just this tone.
0: They seem quite violent, because mm-hmm. Mario and Luigi, when Daisy is kidnapped, they're chasing her down the tunnel and they're shouting to the kidnappers, I'm going to kill them! And then Mario is like, I'm going to break every bone in their body and then, then kill, kill them!
1: Yeah. Can you imagine Charles Martin saying that? It's me! I'm going to brutalise you! I'm going to burst your eyes! <laughs> I'm you going to crush your skull! going to crush your skull with, my, with me bare hands! And as I've said many a time, I'm not going to rest until these versions of Mario and Luigi show up in a Smash Brothers. Wielding flamethrowers and their stomp shoes. Are they called thwomp shoes? I think, I think these are called stompers. Stompers. In I think in a nutshell, as we've said, this has this weird sort of special place and, and it perhaps casts a shadow across the whole video game movie, for want of a better word, genre. I mean, imagine if Toy Story... Was this. <laughs> Imagine if the first CGI animated feature length movie was was not well received.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't have a video game movie article. Well, you can, but people choose not to. <laughs> have a video game movie article which starts with, As everyone knows, video game movies are bad. The yep. Super Mario Brothers movie, chief amongst them.
1: Mm-hmm. I sometimes tr- start being snarky about video game movies. On Twitter, when film Twitter questions come up, and I have to stop myself. And I, like, no, Harry, there have been good video game movies. <laughs> Don't play into them. Ah, but is Super Mario Brothers one of them?
0: We should see. Well, just to finish up on the games themselves, I think we've probably played most of the mainline Mario games. Obviously, mm. there's been multiple Mario. Spin-off titles, you, Mario Kart, you, you're Mario you're Parties, a, and all that stuff. You're not a
1: Nintendo fan if you've not played Hotel Mario.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or Mario <laughs> is
1: Missing. I mean, Luigi's yeah. Mansion wouldn't exist if without Mario is Missing. That's true. And you learn a lot about Europe in Mario is Missing. And you learn a lot about ghosts in uh, Luigi's <laughs> Mansion. edutainment.
0: Yeah, the edutainment options. Um, Mario Paint. That's creative.
1: It's easy, artistic.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like we we played all the you know Mario Brothers mm-hmm. one two three and Super Mario World and Yoshi's Island and Super Mario sixty four and uh, we I've, even I've met. Still not
1: played Odyssey actually.
0: No, well. Nor have I. I've had oh. it for two years and I still haven't even fired it up yet. I put it in my Switch just to register my gold points and that... <laughs> <laughs> because I realised time was running out and oh, I still God. haven't played it. And then there's Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. So I think I've played all but Mario Odyssey. But we actually met Shigeru Miyamoto. Oh, yes. At a signing. And I got a signed copy now of Super Mario 64. I I totally forgot I met Shigeru Miyamoto. (laughs) We went to Nintendo HQ as well when we first went to Japan. I mean, we just hung outside the, the HQ and then someone very kindly came down and took a weird letter we had scrawled on a notepad mm-hmm. because we didn't have anything else
1: prepared I remember when we were, we were taking the lift from the underground to the surface just outside just outside Nintendo HQ and I thought Shigeru Miyamoto was behind us I <laughs> didn't want to turn to look but he was just a Japanese, it was just another Japanese man there's lots of in Japan there were quite a few so, um, without further ado, maybe let's have a look at the, the special Blu-ray box.
0: I think a lot of the extras and things come via the Super Mario Brothers Movie Archive. And, uh, yeah, it's a rather spiffy Blu-ray edition. Lots of bonus features, including a new documentary and original materials from the time of release. Brooklyn plumbers Mario and Luigi get the shock of their lives when they discover a parallel world populated by the intelligent descendants of dinosaurs. It seems they weren't destroyed by a meteor millions of years ago, but hurled into another dimension, and now have plans to rule our world. It's up to our unlikely heroes to battle the evil King Cooper and his Goomba guards, free the beautiful Princess Daisy, and save mankind in this adventure of a lifetime.
1: It probably is an adventure of their lifetime they we'll go skipping right to the end A second adventure was planned Or hinted at Spoilers for Super Mario Brothers <laughs> Oh yes yeah, spoilers But it's funny isn't it how both this And the Mortal Kombat movie And Street Fighter movie They all end with a promise of a sequel And only one out of those three Got a sequel And the less said about that one the better
0: Although we will say a lot about it, was, it when we come to it yeah, about
1: 90 <laughs> minutes or something <laughs> Watching this film, it's obsessed with them being plumbers. And it really makes you realise how little Nintendo cares that Mario is a plumber. There is more plumbing in this than, I think,
0: all the Mario games put together. Absolutely. If you you forget the pipe iconography, for instance, Mm. Mario descends into a pipe, emerges from a pipe, Mm -hmm. pipes connect all the worlds, so that's plumbing reference there. But he doesn't do much in the way of actual plumbing using conventional tools.
1: No, his, his modus operandi is headbutting bricks <laughs> and setting fire to
0: things. I guess the closest is Mario Sunshine where he has like a water spraying jetpack, but that's almost the opposite of plumbing. He's
1: spraying water everywhere. Hey! Hey guys! Cheer up! Things would get worse.
0: We ain't got no water!
1: Law hey, wait a minute! You can't arrest a guy that's just singing a song. For anti-cooper songs, we can. Plumers! Uh-huh. Plumber's. No, he is. I'm just apprenticing. Get in the car. But I didn't do get that Are you telling us that you can arrest the guy for being a plumber? Get out of here! Get, get, get in there, plumber. Out. No! Be hey, what is all right, all right, What do we what do we do? I'm getting huh? arrested for being a plumber. his number
0: down. Okay, so there's various things I like about this film, mm-hmm. but one thing right up at the top, is the fact that this, in a way, is like a plumbing action movie. If you were a plumber watching this movie, do you think you'd be like how when doctors watch surgical dramas on TV, they're like, oh, they're doing it wrong, oh, they're holding Mm -hmm. that the wrong way up? Or do you think you'd actually be like, finally... There's an action sequence where they have to quickly shut off the valves to stop the um, archaeological dig site from being flooded. Or they use their plumbing know-how to turn off the valves of the heating system and mm. Cooper's Tower.
1: Was well, like they say, representation matters. Wrench presentation <laughs> oh my God. matters. I really appreciated the plumbing side of this film. I mean, really, you can picture a whiteboard saying, so what do we know about these guys? Well, one wears green and one wears sort of red and blue and... Uh, and they're plumbers. Well, they could have had a whole film of
0: just flooding mishaps. <laughs> <laughs> That's again, it. It never wonder. goes to the parallel world. You it's wonder. just them encountering all kinds of things. Luigi and Daisy having a burgeoning relationship. Mm-hmm. Just increasing levels of
1: flooding they have to combat. <laughs> At one point, Bob Hoskins goes to the pet store and jumps on the turtle. <laughs> <laughs> it pops out of its shell. and He rides the shell. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that'd be a little bit of a grim subplot. Uh, When he goes to the um, underground zone, i.e. prison.
0: (laughs) There's a thrilling moment where he eats a mushroom and it has no effect. Yep.
1: And And then, I mean, the one thing this film does miss is an invincibility star, and I would have paid real money to see Bob Hoskins run down a corridor, (laughs) making everyone he touches explode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless. We've got something to look forward to? Well, they are,
0: at the moment, finding deleted scenes, um, restoring footage from original versions of the film. So, uh, who knows? There may be a, a secret sequence with, mm. with that inside.
1: I mean, here's the thing. This film, I mean, especially as a kid, this film felt like it had nothing to do with the Mario games. But... Either because we we now as adults are desperate to see any sort of thought put into a film,
0: particularly if you're doing a video game movie podcast yes. and you're just hanging on to any reference. Yes,
1: I mean I still see lots thematically Mario, but I'm sort of subtly Mario and quite overtly Mario. Of course, it's the bomb is I think the big one. Mario and Luigi are gifted a tiny little toy bomb, and as a kid, I definitely remember saying oh fecking finally something i recognize <laughs>
0: and that's a really effective sequence actually yes,
1: you know there are fireballs albeit from fry guy flamethrowers um instead but you know there is a desert world they make the tower icy at one point so again, get an ice world the production design has sort of the weird little blocks all over the place, which gives it this real sort of Super Mario Brothers texture. I mean, you know, you can wish and wish and wish that King Cooper in this film was a dinosaur turtle thing. <laughs> but you know, grasping at straws, Bowser's hair looks a bit coopery.
0: It's nice that they went to the trouble to even just put like thwomp on a sign or um, have a bullet bill here. You know, there's little Easter eggs which are there for the fans.
1: I mean, a friend of the podcast and brother, Hamish Steele, he messaged me earlier today about this film and he said that if this film was by Terry Gilliam and had nothing to do with the Mario Brothers and nothing to do with Nintendo, it would be much more respected. That might be... But I think part of the pleasure of this film is, 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 just, is just seeing how the world of Mario is here in a weird way.
0: I don't think it would have gotten any attention if it wasn't for the fact that it has the Mario hmm. name. And of course it wouldn't exist without it. I guess it's like the equivalent of when people do art on the internet of like what would happen if this character was... Done for real or live-action casting of something, or you know, it's almost like first sonas or something. It's just mm. like trying to interpret a Mario character as a living human-evolved dino person. Like, imagine like what a Dry Bones outfit would look like if you were mm. cosplaying a human version of a Dry Bones. But should we talk about just the the setup, the premise? Yes, because we mentioned it the on hard, the podcast The
1: hard science of it.
0: Because we mentioned it on the the box, and you're sort of given a prologue, an animated prologue, right at top at the start of the film, after you get a little bit of the Mario music.
1: That was good. That felt... Mmm, Konji Kondo. Yeah. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mmm, (laughs) mmm.
0: Nice. Nice. So that kind of sets the scene and then is pretty quickly dismissed. But you get this sort of... That's it. That's all you're getting. That's all you're getting. Uh, You get this pixelated sort of looking animated sequence with a couple of dinosaurs in Brooklyn 65 million years ago Mm -hmm. um, who've got New York accents. Mm -hmm. And it's narrated by Dan Castellaneta, a.k.a. Homer Simpson. I
1: initially thought it was Mario, but then I realised, no, it was. It's funny you say that, because I got massive sort of Simpsons or, or Futurama New York vibes where people go, come on! Yeah. It's amazing that it's Dan Castellaneta.
0: Yeah, apparently the sequence the directors didn't know about it <laughs> when they first saw the screening for it, and this had been put on there by the studios in order to try and make the film more understandable for audiences who weren't picking up exactly what happened. In kind of a way, front-loading this exposition up top helps a little bit just to set the scene. I was really intrigued to see what you said then. I
1: thought you were going to say it ruined the mystery.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's good to know what the hell is going to be happening Mm. later on. This film really just does throw a lot of exposition at you and it can be quite exhausting at times because Mm. of that.
1: Yes, there's a lot of narrative legwork to get you to understand character motivations.
0: And to get you on board because immediately after this animated sequence, you're then having a woman chase through the streets and then she leaves like this strange pod and puts a stone in it and knocks on the door of this nunnery and then the nuns bring it in and
1: out pops an egg and out of the egg comes a little baby. Yeah. If this was a Nintendo game, the nunnery would be called like the Nun Nun Zone. <laughs> or something. It's interesting. Yes, she. Uh, this, this woman who is, we learn is uh, the queen of, I suppose, the Mushroom Kingdom since... Uh, yeah, uh, or the she, Dino she... World or mm. the Parallel dimension so but yes you said she puts this rock in the egg device to lock it or something imagine having that made (laughs) that device made to have a very specific hole in it for a very specific bit of meteorite it's a custom job it's a custom job was she played by samantha mathis as well i think so so yes the princess daisy's played by samantha mathis and samantha mathis plays her mum as well it's really funny because later on I think it's Queen Cooper, uh, is it?
0: Yeah, I don't know if she's like actually Queen Cooper because she says that she's just been promoted sure. and I think she might I be see. just her, Confident. might might just be Cooper's Holding sort torch. of sexy secretary kind of lover okay. person. Is she called Lena? Yes, what... played by Fiona Shaw.
1: Yeah, so Lena says to Daisy, you've got your mother's eyes. If Samantha Mathis played the mum as well, she'd also have her mother's face as well. I think they dyed her hair. Oh, right. So well, maybe
0: it made her look a little bit different.
1: It was a very rainy and stormy night when uh, Queen Mushroom, let's call her... <laughs> Queen Mushroom. <laughs> Queen Mushroom dropped off the uh, egg. Uh, Cooper arrived in full military regalia. And uh, do we assume that the, the Mushroom Queen dies here? Yeah, I, I guess there must have been
0: some sort of military coup. Yes. Cooper. Cooper uh, True. <laughs> because he's appointed himself, on the back of the box it says King Cooper, but he's, I guess, President
1: Cooper. They name him King Cooper in the film. Okay. Well, no, Toad Sings, when he talks about a st- a something stupor under the rule of Mad King Cooper. Okay. Or something. That memorable bit of uh, minstrelly. i I'm just trying to work
0: out what the political system is is it oh don't technically try. a
1: kingdom is it now a republic i remember going on the wikipedia page for the mushroom kingdom and it broke down the entire system and then the royal hierarchy and stuff like that don't try <laughs> don't, don't try i won't fall down out. that rabbit hole no anyway um uh, what is it 20 years later or something we're, we're finally present no. day in brooklyn yeah it says now i remember present day so it's set in 2020 apparently <laughs> but we meet the mario brothers And uh, I I appreciated their apartment. I appreciated how they had a plunger rack on the wall. Yeah. Um, Not a gun rack (laughs) or anything (laughs) like that. What am I going to do with a plunger rack? (laughs) Every year I want to get a gun rack for my wife (laughs) for her birthday just so we can recreate that scene from Wayne's World. But I guess this is a good point to talk about. I mean, we, we skirted around it earlier. The characterisation of Mario and Luigi and i guess as bears repeating that we discussed double dragon uh, a couple of episodes ago and in that film you got two brothers who are meant to be thick as thieves Your you men who want to spend time with those guys but i have to say i could not give two shits about those dragons um, yeah in this film i really enjoyed these characters i really enjoyed their relationship it definitely felt like they were they were brothers one obviously looking after the other a little bit but they had some you know they have character mario is like the gruff slightly conservative less imaginative stuck in his ways stuck in his ways but he's also he is very assured of his own professionalism as well so he's very confident and uh, in that sort of way and luigi is is more of a free spirit uh, a bit quite naive he says I gotta believe mm. like
0: Parappa the Rapper most of the time.
1: I mean a through line of his entire film is has is Mario's going, No, don't do this, and Luigi says, Oh no, you gotta believe, you gotta do it, and he does it and it normally works out for him. And I thought, is this like the one day where Luigi's like blue sky thinking works <laughs> every single time? It's cause I can imagine just at any other time, like there's a bit when he says, Let's take the tunnel, they're driving a cop car and he sort of reverse psychology's Mario to drive down the tunnel, which pretty much almost leads to their deaths.
0: Yeah, and then later on he's like, hey, Mario, just jump, jump. The fungus is helping us, and it turns out he's just been snagged by a hook, and Mario
1: potentially (laughs) leaps to his death and is saved by a kind of fungal trampoline. Luigi absolutely gets Mario to leap to his death, (laughs) and it's by for the grace of magic mushrooms that they survive. (laughs) Though you must admit that Mario for a moment, believes his brother is flying, completely failing to observe the crane holding him there by, <laughs> by a big metal hook. They were lucky, is what I'm saying. This, this time yeah. around, they were lucky. But I think they found the characters within what
0: are pretty sketchy computer game sprites in that respect. And they do have that sort of familial chemistry yes. between them. They are definitely different kinds of people. But the way they interact with each other, I think, feels quite real. Yes, there's the whole thing of like, Luigi doesn't have a moustache or you know all what? this kind of thing. You were
1: talking about that just now. And I realised, gosh, I've, ever since we decided we're doing this episode, it's not even crossed my mind, the moustache thing. And that's all I could think about when I was a kid. <laughs> that's no Luigi. His His hat's on the wrong way round. It is a different interpretation of the Luigi
0: character that we know now and has been more defined. Mm. Uh, Luigi is a bit more yeah, cowardly in the game. He's a bit more nervous and uncertain of himself. And I think those kind of aspects are defined more in like the Paper Mario games and the Mario RPG titles.
1: And then by contrast, Mario doesn't seem to care. Yeah. <laughs> he's
0: like, no, just deal with it. No. But here Luigi is sort of like, he's the young one. He's the cool one. Naive, yes, but also just unfortunate failingly positive mm. how everything's going to pan out, whereas Mario is more realistic and they're sort of down on their luck and they're not getting the jobs they need and they're running out of money and the van is breaking down and and all sorts of problems.
1: There's a bit, though, when Mario asks Luigi to check their messages to see if they've got any jobs under her answer phone and he goes to a pay phone and he dials the number to get the messages and he hangs up on his messages when he spots Daisy for the first time. And the guy on the, on the answer phone was telling him about a job. It's like, Luigi, <laughs> you need food. <laughs> Stop thinking with your dick, Luigi. How are you going to go out on a date if you don't have money? Yeah, spaghetti bolognese doesn't pay for itself. <laughs> Whereas Double Dragon, I would rather not see another film of these guys. They were kind of intolerable after a mm. while. In the Mario... I would happily see another film of these guys, if it were possible. (laughs) Yeah. I think probably across
0: the board, but particularly with these characters, they're giving it their all. And despite what Bob Hoskins would later say about his experiences on the film... And the fact that it was the worst job he ever did, it was the biggest appointment in his career, he would never do it again, and it was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> and he's had very disparaging comments to say about the directors. He doesn't slouch. He no. He is fully committed, and he makes the Mario character work. And you think about, you know, they're unconventional leads for a family adventure action film. Yeah. I know, obviously, Bob Hoskins had done Who Framed Roger Rabbit and, before this, Hook and things, so he was certainly in that sphere of family entertainment. It wasn't all, you know, The Long Good Friday.
1: Disney's The Long Good Friday. Disney's The
0: Long Good Friday. You know, whatever his feelings about the production and material, it does not translate. I mean, maybe it helps that the character is meant to be a bit annoyed and gruff. There's not a line of dialogue that he delivers that he doesn't seem completely committed to in character At the moment of saying
1: it. From the stories that I've been reading, I think many people were drunk making that film. (laughs) I think uh, apparently Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo, to get through the film, they got pretty, um, pretty sourced. One of the favourite things I read was how um, in production, John Leguizamo accidentally broke one of Bob Hoskins' fingers during a stunt involving the Mario van... And according to Leguizamo, when it happened, Hoskins started cussing profusely and incoherently. (laughs) And I love this. I have this image of like a a drunk Bob Hoskins holding his hand going... (laughs) I'll never not find um, incoherent cussing not funny.
0: (laughs) In a way, maybe that fed into his performance. Certainly didn't affect it in a negative way. And I think there's some nice bits of physical comedy as well. There's the moment when Luigi has jumped into the portal to the other dimension and Mario's kind of just left hanging there and he's doing this all sort of uncertain shifting on the sort of precipice. Mm. And he didn't
1: wake up that morning thinking he's going to enter a parallel universe. No,
0: but I think the way he embodies that moment, he does a lot just with his,
1: you know, physicality. He somehow falls and does a flip at the same time, which made me think, ooh, Mario 64. <laughs> Maybe Shigeru Miyamoto got the idea for a flipping Mario from Mario Well,
0: the way they enter that portal through the rock looks a lot like the paintings in Mario 64. Very the same true. sort of ripply effect and everything, so, you know.
1: Shigeru Miyamoto is he not w- a genius. He, he, <laughs> he ripped- was watching this film furiously taking notes. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, if I did this. He wanted to have a scene in which Mario guzzled a bit of meteorite between the breasts of a giant bouncer lady. But Shigeru Miyamoto was shouted down.
0: Didn't have the polygons at the time.
1: No, but today, with a switch...
0: I don't know, I haven't played Mario Odyssey yet, so... That could happen, for sure. But before they enter to this dimension, we do have a little bit of real-world New York antics. And when I watched this film, I felt this bit kind of dragged, but in hindsight given the fact that the rest of the film is so exhausting and relentless in terms of throwing things at you, I appreciate this moment where the film is quite measured and quite paced. Mm. And I liked the sort of the feel of real New York. Um, just, you know, walking down the streets, Brooklyn. going to the restaurants.
1: I have been to that part of the world and, and Brooklyn. Brooklyn's great. I mean, there is a bit when Luigi offers to walk Daisy home, but he has no idea where Daisy lives. I thought, what if she lives in Jersey or something? Gonna <laughs> walk all the way there, are you? I would hope she would have said, oh, flag it up,
0: but I actually live hundreds of miles away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was In the second hour, Luigi's like, so is your home somewhere nearby?
0: <laughs> well, part of that is that's following a sort of double date that they have after their payphone meet-cute. Mm. And... Part of the reason is because there's been TV reports of girls missing in Brooklyn, being kidnapped, and little does Daisy know that she herself is the reason for that. She is the prime target.
1: Doesn't even seem a little bit sorry afterwards, does she?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope she writes everyone an apology letter after their whole experience. There's
1: a great newspaper headline which says, Missing Mrs. Still a Mystery, which I rather enjoyed. It would seem insensitive, though, oh, come on, it's if there was papers. actual missing women. If they were being murdered, maybe maybe not, but just just well, they missing. wouldn't know that until then. Missing presumed dead isn't dead.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have the same alliteration either. <laughs> no. Missing may be murdered. Missing may be murdered. Mrs. Madams. <laughs> Madams. We're making light of making serial light of
1: killing. Multiple missing misses.
0: But Daisy herself, shall we talk about her in this context? Because... I very much like this interpretation of Daisy. Although I guess it's sort of in the games princess Toadstool princess Peach. I know there is princess Daisy. This is Daisy sort of Daisy
1: used to be like Luigi's. Yeah. Oh, but she isn't this. So I guess it's I said Luigi's squeeze but boys and girls so I feel really abashed. Yeah.
0: That's a bit
1: um <laughs> I say this but Luigi gets the horn for her pretty damn quick. She is very pretty. She's where I—I don't know. She's got a lovely smile. Archaeologists Mm -hmm. in Lara Croft. Yeah, that you know, Denise Richards and James Bond when she plays a nuclear physicist. Yeah, because that's the same as
0: archaeology. She's digging up old ancient nuclear weapons.
1: Yeah, from the ground like dinosaur (laughs) bones.
0: I guess there's maybe some radiation down there, for sure.
1: I want to see a film where somebody discovers an A-bomb underground, but from the Cretaceous period.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they had just been completing the Dino Hatton project.
1: That's that's exactly. (laughs) That's how the dinosaurs died, through their own hubris.
0: (laughs) Yes, the T-Rex stands looking at what he's created and is like, I have become whatever the equivalent of... Vishnu is yeah. I have become destroyer of worlds. <laughs> something,
1: something. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no. I, I, their relationship's quite sweet as well. I think. But I really liked the performance.
0: The whole kidnap princess damsel in distress character can be a very tricky one, which I don't think the Mario games have fully resolved. It depends on the games, and I think in the Paper Mario games, for instance, there are sometimes where you play as her, and mm-hmm. you know when she's been kidnapped, you sort of. Do lots of stuff and those bits are quite amusing but here i don't get that impression of her at all and it's not like oh she needs to be all beating people up and kick ass and feisty spunky strong yeah. female character in quotation marks
1: she doesn't s- she doesn't seem like a shrinking violet
0: no but she but i i think she is just a good character i feel like she has her own agency and even though she is kidnapped that doesn't make her oh mario help me luigi help me mm. kind of uh feel to her
1: i mean doesn't she she kind of rescues herself and then the mario brothers discover her with her dad and there's a her performance when she's introducing her dad, who is a ginormous fungus, yes. looking like the asshole of the alien queen. <laughs> the way the way she says, Here's my father, and she's all smiley. Yeah. And Luigi's like, It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. That's a nice little bit of um bit of performance there.
0: How cute is that? You finally reunited with your father. It turns out he's a fungus, but you're still incredibly proud for mm-hmm. people to meet him. And then also what a keeper Luigi is for being just like, pleasure to meet you, sir.
1: Exactly. What a
0: respectful,
1: polite young boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm glad um, my in laws aren't funguses, though. I didn't have to have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit
0: of a difficult one, mm. but I think they broached it very well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really liked um, Samantha Mathis uh, in a performance as, as Daisy. Again, I think everyone's doing
1: what they can. Yeah, maybe. I mean, what do you feel about the other two? Kind of major characters we discover in the in the Brooklyn sequence the the Cooper cousins played by Fisher Stevens um and uh what's the other dude's name
0: Richard Edson
1: they have an interesting little arc and perhaps this is born out of the uh script complications because um they are the cousins of uh, King Cooper and they have been sent to kidnap these girls and the reason why so many girls are getting missing is because um, they keep getting the wrong one. And they are portrayed as quite buffoonish, but you know, they have managed to kidnap eight women successfully, <laughs> <laughs> despite being pretty idiotic. It's chilling how easy it is. It's a little bit chilling. We see them capture uh, Mario's girlfriend first, don't we? And she's screaming her head off in the middle of a street, and, and nobody comes to rescue her. It's very upsetting. Hmm. Social realism here in the Mario movie. But they do, halfway through the film, go through something called a uh, de-evolution machine. But they get made smarter.
0: Smarter defined by they can increase their vocabulary and solve maths problems like the Scarecrow and Wizard of Oz.
1: They do, because um, they do a lot of stupid things even after that. And there's a bit when the Cooper cousins, they're driving in a car uh, in pursuit of the Mario brothers, I think. But they... uh, end up dropping off a cliff, into some quicksand, and then they try to arrest the Mario brothers while they're sinking into quicksand. So they still don't seem that smart. And then they also suddenly decide, they say they've been supporting the Mushroom King since the beginning, which comes out of nowhere.
0: They strike a deal with the Mario brothers in order to help them save the day, effectively. But... I wonder whether this is making a commentary on the fact that because of their increased brain capacity, when they are rumbled and discovered and Cooper finds out, they call him a fascist and oppressor of the proletariat. Mm-hmm. And that kind of suggests that those with increased brain capacity or those who are intelligent
1: mm. skew <laughs>
0: towards a left, liberal, socialist mm-hmm. agenda... All I'm saying is that maybe this film has an interesting political agenda and statement to make about intelligence, information, and education being important in order to make political choices.
1: I liked it when Cooper turned into goo. <laughs> <laughs> what a lousy kingdom! Ever since Cuba took over. And you, Koopa, you're a lousy leader!
0: One thing I cannot stand is naysay. Simon, de-evolve him now. De-evolve. The nation. Our old king! You try to get rid of him, but the king is everywhere! You can't get rid of him!
1: See you later, alligator. Ever! Ah! You may think of evolution as an upward process. Things evolve from primeval slime up to single cell organisms, up to intelligent life. The evolution, of course, works the opposite way. Back to simpler forms. For instance, even our musical friend Toad can become a loyal child of the royal family. Kumba. Why'd you do that, No, no, no! Not now, not now. What single cell organism did you evolve from? Tyrannosaurus Rex, the Lizard King, thank you very much. Kumba. Cooper equals Trump doesn't he if we're talking politics yeah should we talk a bit about Cooper then why not like Luigi's lack of face fuzz I guess another weird thing for me when I was a kid was he's just he's not Cooper he's just this dude I mean Dennis Hopper made a bit of a thing of playing uh the big bad in multiple movies he's also famous in Waterworld playing that smoker guy
0: and Speed so and Speed both came out pretty soon after this
1: Maybe he was on an upward curve of villainy. (laughs) I think his most famous villainous role is in Blue Velvet, of course. Yeah. Um, And like in Blue Velvet, (laughs) he brings a real intensity to this role, I think. He clearly doesn't know why he's saying things half the time. (laughs) But uh, again, as you say, I don't think he shirks from his duties. Yeah, his defining characteristic
0: is a hatred of mammals.
1: And plumbers.
0: And plumbers combined, but he's got a sort of... um, He's a germaphobe, particularly when it comes to interacting with apes. He's evolved from a T-Rex, and there's some elements to that. Apparently he wasn't supposed to be doing it, and they didn't like it in his performance. But every now and then he holds his hands up to his chest to imitate like a
1: T-Rex little hands. Tiny T-Rex hands. The directors didn't like that. According to the making of. That's ridiculous. That was a choice he was making, man. But all this
0: sort of um, evolution, devolution, again, this is a Darwinist blockbuster Mm -hmm. in that respect. It's pushing this... Evolution, origin of the species. Yeah, I'm sure. Darwin wrote about a Devo gun <laughs> in <laughs> yes. the Origin of
1: Species. Yeah,
0: post Ultimately, all <laughs> I want's a Devo gun, and then I can just shoot it at different kinds of goldfinch and.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, I was right. It did evolve from a dinosaur. Take
0: that, you Galapagos tortoise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think he hits off well with um with Mario and Luigi. Does Bowser? I mean, again, Trooper.
0: Because...
1: I know. I keep calling him Bowser, don't I? The whole thing is that I think we're both done with crying over the spilt milk of potential Mario movies. And this is what we have. And he just spent just the whole film saying how much he hates plumbers. That one point is he himself is stuffed into the deer evolution machine for like a split second. And I think that kicks off how for for the rest of the film, he starts getting like a weird reptilian tongue and weird reptilian face. As he exits the deer evolution machine, he shouts at the top of his lungs... I'll kill that plumber. Singular. Okay. <laughs> so like, whoa, is he going to like, it's reminded me of, um. Well, when, what, it reminds me of when Willie in the Simpsons wants to kill that Mr. Burns and uh, wound that Mr. Smith. Is, <laughs> <laughs> what, is he want to kill Mario Luigi? Yeah. He, he has a plumber
0: alert system as well. I did enjoy
1: that little note.
0: So clearly he has got a thing about plumbing and
1: plumbers. Or maybe he just made that up on the spot. Again, I imagine Donald Trump does come up with just random rules <laughs> and alerts. He has to, Defcon 15. It's like, what is Defcon 15? Well, I think Hopper did play
0: a similar role in Land of the Dead, also starring oh, yeah. John Leguizamo.
1: Flip, yes. Which,
0: spoilers for Land of the Dead, I always appreciated the moment when zombie John Leguizamo basically attacks Dennis Hopper, and it's almost like a reprise of the... Luigi wow. Cooper interface
1: that'd be so good <laughs> that's that film and there is-
0: are similarities because he's he's kind of like a nominal president in a isolated tower yeah. community while the oh my um, god I'm going to
1: put on Land of the Dead after this and imagine it's a secret sequel (laughs) to the Mario movies. I actually love Land of the Dead. It's one of the few films where zombies get scared by other zombies. (laughs) There's a bit when zombies suddenly burst out and our main zombie (laughs) is (laughs) like... Yeah, you can't really skirt around the fact this film obviously prominently features the the twin towers of Manhattan and there are certain shots where Dino Hatton's twin towers are sort of skeletal and you just think ooh (laughs) Mm, gosh times they are changing." let's
0: talk then about Dino Hatton itself Mm. because Dino Hatton is itself a character in this movie you're holding your chin as you say that (laughs) it's
1: a character it's like a character in the movie
0: well we mentioned that production design was by David L. Snyder who did Blade Runner and like the whole set was built inside this disused cement factory Mm. and As impressive of the scale, I don't think it ever escapes the fact that it looks like an interior.
1: I never... You know what? There's that one matte painting of the skyline, and Mm. from then on, I bought it.
0: To me, it always feels like it stops where it stops.
1: Mm. I didn't get the sense that it was an interior, um, but much like the film Batman, I definitely got the sense it's all filmed in one street. Sure. All of Dino Hatter is one street, and it's a very impressive multi-layered construction.
0: It looks very lived in yes. in that respect. And you have all this fungus mm-hmm. trickling down everywhere. And you've got these strange, giant bumper car style cars with like electric cables yeah, sort yeah, of coming everything's out.
1: Everything's powered by that sort of electricity. All the co- the cop cars, did you see? They had a Motorola logo inside it. Oh so, no. Yeah, I, I had to rewind and pause it. So out of all the bullet bill businesses and the, the thwomp... Tattoo stores and things. Um, There's a Motorola is doing well.
0: And Reebok apparently have something to do with the bombs because there's a Reebok logo (laughs) with a Union Jack on the base.
1: That's deeply confusing. (laughs) It's like, for one thing, why would Reebok go into the explosives business or make shoes? Shoes for grenades. (laughs) Shoes for bombs. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) very strange. I think one of the sh- absolute strengths of this film is the production design. I really enjoyed the this, this obviously overused set but it's still great looking.
0: Yeah and that extends to I guess the costumes and just the, the populace of Dino so these are people who have evolved from dinosaurs so they look nominally human but they have slightly lizardy characteristics like they eat lizard skewers instead of hot dogs and some of them have scales on their faces and there's a lady pushing an egg in a pram
1: yeah i think actually that's one of the less successful things i think i would have preferred to have seen a bit more makeup to make them look slightly reptilian because they they just look like mammals they just look like mammals
0: there is a sign which is for what well, I guess is like a porno theatre which says I was a teenage mammal and then it's got triple next to it.
1: So, okay, so what's the plot of that film then? Like,
0: um, I guess I was a teenage werewolf, so it's about like a lizard creature who gets bitten by a mammal person and then turns
1: into a mammal. But do... Ma- so, important question. Obviously, Cooper is, is deeply aware of how the worlds were split. But... Is the general populace aware?
0: I guess so, because Toad seems to be aware of... I see. ...the background.
1: Yeah, of course, yes. Yeah. So I guess... Hmm. I just want to know the history of Dino <coughs> now. I, I also I found it very quaint that Cooper wants to inhabit our world because of our limitless resources (laughs) and um, all we hear about today and quite quite rightfully is is just how they aren't so infinite but dino hatton is like just the one bit of civilization on this entire planet of nothingness Mm. now who knows there might be stuff out there there might be Wario Land <laughs> somewhere on that sphere that he's yet to find. Well, maybe that, like,
0: beyond in the
1: Kupahari
0: Desert, it is like Mad Max, and you have like mm-hmm. Wario Waluigi style existence where they're running rampant in like tribal gangs going. <laughs> I
1: just, I don't know. I would absolutely watch Mad Max Fury Road. But a Morton Joe's dialogue is replaced by Wario dialogue. Because <laughs> you can't see his mouth, can you? It's like Aah! It's a very easy edit to make. Mm, okay, watch the space. Mad Mario. Mad Mario indeed. Most of the
0: action does take place in this Dino Hatton metropolis area. The interlude in the desert is kind of like I guess it's a nice change of locale, but it's so short, it's clearly been truncated and it's meant to be a breather in the film, but it seems the only purpose it serves is to have topless Luigi.
1: That's a very good reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: considering how the internet went crazy when in Mario Odyssey they revealed Mario's nipples. Confirmed. Confirmed, he has nipples. nipples. Luigi Belly Buttons,
1: still not confirmed, he might be an Immaculate Conception.
0: Yeah. Luigi has nipples, apparently. <laughs> he has also got a rainbow coloured belt. belt for his toolkit.
1: It might be that he just likes rainbows. He does, he's not making he might not be making a statement don't know
0: all i'm saying is luigi said lgbt rights
1: okay do you think um the mario depicted in this film is uh, a homophobe <laughs> well one thing mario is he um he smooches on big bertha in this film but he's got a girlfriend well aside from all that it
0: seems that he's also potentially into sadomasochism
1: Oh yeah, explain.
0: Because, so, in order to get this meteorite stone, the MacGuffin, uh, that Daisy has in her possession, and so everyone's after Daisy and the meteorite, but it gets into the possession of Big Bertha, who is based on a giant fish. A terrifying fish! In Super Mario Bros. 3. But, uh, like most of the citizens of Dino Hatton, she's sort of clad in PVC... Spiky, bright-colored, mm-hmm. tight-fitting outfits, which not too dissimilar to the characters in society yeah. in Gamer,
1: the Thorax Club.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the Boom Boom Bar is right next to the Thorax. I think. <laughs> Mario, in order to get back this meteorite, says to Luigi that uh, no one's ever turned down a Mario. Who can resist the charm of a Mario? Apparently. And Bertha <laughs> smashes his face in, knocks him out, and he gets up again and says he's got a new strategy and basically says to Bertha, hey, do you mind doing that again? I want to feel your knuckles in my teeth or something. And she's like, dance with me and I can hit you all you like.
1: A, I think that's a strategy. But B, Bertha was really enjoying herself. Yeah. And I, th- I think she was getting quite turned on with her dance with Mario. It's a very sexual... Dance, but again, I was watching this. Like I said earlier, is there gonna ever be a Mario product as sexy as this? (laughs) Like slow dancing, and Mario's putting some moves on, and and then yeah, thrusts. I took a screen grab of Mario with his teeth around the meteorite, like snarfling it. Which um, she has this meteorite hung between her heaving bosom. Super Mario, can't, can't see face that. first in a, in
0: a lady's cleaving.
1: Yes. I just can't see that happening on the next Mario game. Miyamoto writing down notes, notes again. <laughs> Take notes. Yeah. From the documentaries you've watched and things, it does. there does seem to have been a real push-pull between the filmmakers wanting to make something slightly more adult and the studio wanting to make something for kids. And, I mean, as I said a moment ago, I feel I like this film for what it is. But... I don't understand why directors would see this product, this delightful, happy, clappy product. I mean, at the time of making this film, Super Mario World had just come out, and I think Mario Kart was on the horizon. So the sort of Mario brand was very much established as like a cartoony thing. I don't know why you'd want to go down the Blade Runner route. And all the cops are wearing like fetish gear, the cops have like rubber ties and things. When we meet the chief of police, um, he's got like just... Out of frame, out of the right of the frame, like a stockinged leg. A lady's leg is, is on his back. And it's like, why is why is this happening?
0: I don't know. It's very odd. but Yeah, they get arrested because at the same time we have the character Toad, who's in the game, this functional mushroom retainer of the princess. And he's just going, okay. And he's just fairly innocent um she, you know,
1: i think every time you finish a castle level in the first mario game you get there and you see toad and he goes she's not here mate <laughs> i think that's the dialogue
0: jog on yeah <laughs>
1: jog on next next world maybe yeah, maybe you'll be lucky this time well the equivalent of
0: toad in this he's a protesting busker singing anti-cooper songs you
1: say protesting he seems like a proper idiot well, I mean, he's
0: been warned and he just keeps uh, on seeing. Yeah. He's basically the Billy Bragg of the Dino <laughs> Hatton.
1: I mean, he seemed like an idiot before he was turned into a a brainless toad dinosaur thing. He gets de-evolved. I don't think he gets turned back. No. I think in the extended edition of which there will be, <laughs> or in the deleted scenes or in the script or something, they, they, they did establish they get turned back. Okay.
0: But um Again, I have issues with metamorphosis and I, I do not appreciate having to see his face getting warped and twisted <laughs> into a Goomba, which in the games is a tiny little mushroom, mushroom thing and in here is like a, a giant dinosaur bodyguard with a tiny head.
1: Yeah. I quite like their coats. <laughs> <laughs> I like there's some nice coats in this film with the spikes. We talked about the cop fetish gear with the spikes. Um there's some lovely dresses. I think Lena's dresses are very nice and Daisy's purple number is pretty pretty lovely. Lena's got a a look. I guess the my only sh- sadness about the costuming in this film is is how we don't get the iconic Mary costumes until about an hour into the movie. It would have been nice to have them a bit earlier. And um when they're in that scene in the club they wear these kind of bright red and bright yellow out on the town type costumes which the Cooper cousins had belonging to their wives or their exes apparently but why would you not put them in their iconic colours yeah. in that sequence that would have been like a a amuse-bouche to the full Mario plumbing outfit
0: but they just get those plumbing outfits out of a locker mm-hmm. it's just like, like oh Doctor here Who they are sometimes <laughs> Just, and you know, it sort of
1: implies, are. since they were the lockers around pipes and things, it implies these are plumbing outfits of the dinosaur kingdom. So there That's
0: how they got their there's
1: origin story yeah. of their outfits. Cultural appropriation. <laughs> but no, can you appro- hmm. can you appropriate a culture from a parallel universe if it's your own culture? It's
0: a touchy it's, subject. It's a deep question. It's controversial. I wouldn't <laughs> go there. I wouldn't touch that. I with mean, the again, barge we've, pole. we've
1: got a Brit... And uh, a Latina guy playing Italian-American, so I think the damage has already been done.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) None of these people are dinosaurs, to my knowledge.
0: There is a very good dinosaur, though. Oh, yeah? Yoshi. Is he, though? I mean, as a very good boy, like you would a dog.
1: I think this is one of my other childhood disappointments, because... I think Yoshi is more than just a dinosaur. (laughs) Do you think the film would have been better that
0: he was not included at all, and therefore spoiling the idea of Yoshi, or just happy to be there? Mm.
1: I think this is where I bring some of my personal prejudice to this film because I think I do think at time of release, I didn't have a Super Nintendo, so Super Mario World was something I was a little less connected with, and so I loved all the stuff which is very overtly Mario Brothers one and two and three. But um, Mario World, Yoshi was kind of like, who's this guy? (laughs) I read of interest that the uh, makers of Jurassic Park came and looked at Yoshi and almost considered having a second dinosaur unit and having the people who made Yoshi work on Jurassic Park. But uh, they didn't get the call in the end. (laughs) They didn't get the call. I think it's a very
0: good piece of puppet
1: work yeah yeah i'll give it that so when when yoshi gets stabbed again can you (laughs) can you can you imagine a future mario product where someone shanks yoshi (laughs) um but when yoshi gets stabbed i do feel a little bit sad i did appreciate how he has a long tongue and at one point he uh he grabs somebody by the leg and i thought for a moment that yoshi was going to guzzle that person whole
0: he's only little
1: he's only little he would like have to
0: Work on it slowly yeah. like a snake absorbing an antelope. Yeah, save a bit for lef- you know, leftovers. <laughs> just very slowly
1: consume. Yes, yeah, just take it to work the next day, put it in the microwave, eats a pair of hands. <laughs> well, I guess in a world where all the dinosaurs have evolved, what the hell happens with Yoshi? He's either a de-evolved... Someone, someone so de-evolved to the point they are a naked dinosaur, or... We have chimps. We do have chimps. You've reminded me of the existence of chimps. We have apes. We have it. OK, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Rory reminded me of the existence of of apes. <laughs> so we, we talked a little bit about this, um, this rock and this meteorite and, and things. But what does it actually do? Why does anyone actually want it?
0: Apparently, it's a piece of the... I say apparently as if it's like... Well, allegedly. it's <laughs> there it hasn't been confirmed or denied by Scho- fact. Scholars believe <laughs> that. Um, according to the prophecy. No, it's a piece of meteorite from the original meteor, which apparently... <laughs> he says that apparently <laughs> again. Uh, was the Remember... meteorite which knocked the dinosaurs into the parallel dimension, which apparently as I say again, landed in Brooklyn.
1: There's a bit at the start with Dan Casting the Letter where he's saying to the audience, what if when (laughs) a meteorite hit the Earth, it caused a parallel dimension? Like, that's as much science as you can get. What if? (laughs) Yeah. This piece of meteorite is what Cooper needs um, because when the piece gets reconnected, the human world and the dinosaur world will merge.
0: Yes. For some reason. Lena tries to take matter into her own hands and she doesn't have the power enough to withstand the meteorite. And she gets blasted into a wall and skeletified.
1: Yeah. Luigi says she made an impression, which was cold. It's dark. (laughs) Because she's like, yeah, she's like a fossil on the wall now. (laughs) But... I have to admit, so Lena takes matters into her own hands when she gets possession of the rock, and she wants to tell Cooper about something. And Cooper is right in the middle of like a crisis; his plans fall into pieces, his building has been sabotaged, and she kind of approaches him like she's got a bit of um, you know personal business to take care of. And you know, God damn it, Lena, there's a time and a place. You should have said, "I have the rock." It's what I'm saying. She deserved it. <laughs> she deserved it she deserved especially that cutting remark from luigi yeah can you imagine if you like were falling in love with like an italian american plumber and he watches a woman kill herself and then sort of says a line like that you think hmm <laughs> i'm not so sure about it <laughs> like i've not been in with any boyfriends who've made a, a comment over somebody dying in front of their very eyes How many people has Luigi seen kill themselves?
0: You will only know when you're in that situation. true. You just don't know how you're going to react. Some people use comedy to deal with grief and trauma. Mm.
1: So the sequence of events is this. Daisy had that rock around her neck as a keepsake because it was was all that she had with her, apart from a pretty sweet um, egg coffin (laughs) that she was transported in.
0: Yeah, it's just on the coffee table at home now. (laughs) She
1: keeps, you know eggs in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like one of those
0: charming baskets that looks like a hen and then you pop it up and that's where your eggs
1: are what, what did the nuns end up doing with this was she raised by nuns yeah did they think she was Jesus I mean I've I I recently watched the omen and I think if if like and let a baby emerge from an egg it. I mean how come they didn't even go to the flippin' newspapers of this what the girl who was born of an egg and they're like, oh, we see this all the time. <laughs> I mean, does it say anything in the Bible? Do you think they
0: ever told her about she came out of an egg? She knows, knows that she was left and abandoned as a child. But it was like, oh, and you also hatched from an egg.
1: No, but she certainly gives the impression she has no idea that she's anything but a mammal. She knows... They they mentioned that,
0: you know, she was drawn to do her work digging up dinosaur bones mm. as a result of maybe something inside her calling her.
1: But she, I guess the nuns would like, it's that classic thing where the nuns said, no, the dinosaurs never existed. Yeah, exactly. And she rebelled. The earth's been around
0: 2,000 years.
1: Yeah, and so she said, like, I'm going to do something about this. <laughs> Look, proof. And like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you were born from an egg. <laughs> <laughs> a dinosaur egg? A human egg because you're a human. God made you. <laughs> God, that's opened up a can of worms.
0: Well, <laughs> speaking of worms, there is one point where Lena Fiona Shaw does drink a worm in a glass. Yes. And apparently it was a real worm and she
1: wasn't told. Oh, I thought it was that like, clever editing. No. Like <laughs> Lena, you shouldn't you didn't have to drink that worm. <laughs> we were gonna cut and edit it. <laughs> you, you what?
0: <laughs> well, the other defining characteristic of Daisy is that she is a vegetarian, which has a very cute moment where Toad, the de evolved Goomba, Version of Toad does just like bring her food, bring her a plate of a plate steaming of vegetables, but it's like, yeah,
1: very sweet. And he does that quite quickly, so it sort of implies that he dashed to the kitchen to get <laughs> steamed vegetables. And it was like, properly <laughs> <laughs> in the dance sequence, they play everyone walk the dinosaur, and I think. As a kid, this is the first time I ever realised that a film doesn't always write all its own music and that songs from real life could be in a film. <laughs> from real life. From real life. Although this one, I think in the back backing track, it goes Goom, Goom, Goomba or something. There's a, it's yeah. a slightly edited version. It's a
0: cover which is attributed to the Goombas mm. of the Was Not Was song.
1: Exactly, and
0: also featuring on the soundtrack is the final ever track released by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Really?
1: So Mark Wahlberg and the Mario
0: movie connections.
1: Yeah, perhaps he saw the movie and said, "Screw this! <laughs> I'm going to become an actor." You're become an actor. <laughs> <laughs> i mi- am I'm
0: inspired by
1: the, the motion picture Super <laughs> Mario Brothers. In that same sequence, I think Big Bertha says to Mario, "Over here, pudgy buns." <laughs> <laughs> Which is a wonderful term of endearment There's some weird lines in this though Cooper says to Daisy at one point You know what they say about little girls They never forget the first time They get kissed by a lizard
0: That sounds like something Trump would say (laughs) very much does
1: yes But um like isn't everyone Lizards in this world I I would never tell my wife that You're kissing an ape right now (laughs) (laughs) Just think I'm not that much different from a chimp You're kissing a chimp love <laughs> you know, and another bit I sort of enjoyed for like for a different reason than the earlier stuff is is there are bits when I am watching Dennis Hopper order uh, a Cooper special pizza, and he asks for like you know hold hold the pterodactyl on things, and I'm watching his eyes, I'm watching him die a bit inside, <laughs> and I enjoy that a bit. And you know, we've not really actually talked about how when Mario um, goes to rescue the other girls who've been kidnapped. Yeah, they turn the heat down in the Cooper Tower, again effectively giving us a nice level. And um I just really enjoyed how he's sneaking into this into these barracks and one of the girls just goes, Hey Mario And I thought that was just really cute.
0: The ladies love Big M. Big M. It's a bit big trouble in little China as well, you know, sort of kidnapping all the Yes all the girls. Oh, it's not girls idea. with green eyes, but um Girls who might be Princess Daisy from yes. Brooklyn. <laughs> Girls
1: with arms and legs and heads. head.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that sequence culminates in them actually going down a pipe for once.
1: Yes. Apparently this was a quite a dangerous sequence to film. It looks it, but I have to say. I, I have to say it looked really slow. Well, I'd say dangerous. In,
0: I'd say dangerous in terms of the logistics, the logistics, and they're the, definitely uh, being pulled by a cable. Fate icicles everywhere, which I could imagine some scraped knuckles.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. No, I, I, I did read that was a near fatality at the end of the filming of this sequence, but when the mattress comes out at the end of the pipe, it just sort of glides to the ground. Well, it, it manages to fly directly
0: into where Daisy and Luigi have been held prisoner by Cooper out mm. in the city streets. Um, Quite fortu-
1: fortunate, that. Yeah. There's, when that happens, a cyclist cycles into a barrier and falls off the side of the platform. And we see that right at the start of the Dino Hatton sequence as well. So when Mario and Luigi first arrive, we see a cyclist... Crash off the platform, and I did wonder is was that just the same stunt from different angles? Did they just film that twice, or did they just you film it say once? they recycled footage? Very much so. We haven't even mentioned Trust the Fungus, which is what Luigi mentions quite a lot because, uh, over the course of the film, Luigi's clued into the fact that the Mushroom King has been de evolved and is, has spread everywhere as a sort of fungus. And it's a big difference to the cutesy-poo mushroom power-ups that you collect in the games. But I still like this sort of feeling of decay everywhere. And, and yes, Luigi starts to realise that the fungus is there to help them and it will save Mario from plummeting to his death. And it will provide him with explosive bob ombs At one point, it provides Mario with a, a mushroom which can withstand the power of a de-evolution gun.
0: Yeah, or... Like a shield. I guess, yeah, because he uses it as a shield when... So the worlds have been merged, Mm -hmm. and Cooper and a couple of Goombas find themselves in Brooklyn with Mario, and he shoots his devolution gun, which devolves a human. Anthony Scapelli, who's this evil contractor who's trying to shut down Daisy's archaeological dig, and turns him into a chimp.
1: Everyone in the crowd laughs at this. Rather than screams. Yes. If you watched a man get turned into a chimp before your very eyes... I mean, even someone I didn't like, it would be horrifying regardless. That could happen to me. (laughs) And also, the man who did that is still there with his gun and dinosaur soldiers. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And yes, he shoots the devolution gun at the mushroom, which acts as a shield, but is the mushroom devolving into a giant mushroom? Or is it the fact that just with the fungus... He's trusting it's helping him mm. increase I, in size.
1: I viewed it as a shield to protect Mario, but then I do think this film missed a trick by not having Mario ingest it and then becoming Super Mario and stomping around. Well, there was meant to be. Size. There was a
0: climax to the film, I think, where giant dinosaur Cooper is destroying the Brooklyn Bridge, mm-hmm. but cut for budgetary reasons. <laughs> You don't have to do much in terms of visual effects in order to just increase Bob Hostin's size. You just select his character (laughs) on the screen and you just drag the boxes to make him look (laughs) bigger. (laughs) I
1: mean, that shot where the world's emerging and Dennis Hopper is laughing as he's sort of being transported away is quite a powerful image. It's quite a scary image. I mean, were they the first people to... Merge or did like the entirety of Dino Hatton appear over in Manhattan for a bit? I'm not sure of the, the proximity
0: Towers, of, the, of the field which would transport them to Brooklyn.
1: I guess it's what the, what the plot required. Yes. <laughs> but um, after a brief sojourn into the real world, Mario and Cooper are back um, confronting each other. <laughs> Cooper is very quickly hoisted by his own petard And Devo guns are used on him He falls into a sort of... What would you call it? A sort of... I guess it's some sort of like... Crane? Funnel
0: that you would use to drop coal or (laughs) materials or something Some sort of industrial hanging bowl
1: (laughs) I mean, bottom line... It's the closest we'd get to the boss fight at the end of Mario World, where where Bowser Cooper is half out of this flying clown faced monstrosity thing, and he's now fully devolved and he's been turned into like a, like a T Rex effectively. Yeah, like, a wibbly half... wobbly T Rex thing. Yeah, it would have been nice if Bob Hoskins had to jump on his head three times to uh, defeat him, like he does in the games. But instead they just shoot him some more. (laughs) Yeah. This is a film where Mario just keeps on shooting and Luigi keeps shooting until he he turns into primordial goop. Which um, There's a split second where he goes full T-Rex and he realises, yeah, the special effects in Jurassic Park were better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A dinosaur was better in Jurassic Park. It's not the most satisfying end
0: to the character. It makes sense based on what's come before, but I don't know. It's just a bit gross, and mm. it's it's really just keep shooting until mm. he
1: melts some more. Yeah, I mean, again, Mario and Luigi murdered a man, and you know, there's that. <laughs> Mario and Luigi murdered a businessman and let, leave a power vacuum because <laughs> effectively the they're that he... taking
0: down big business. They are a small independent business, the Mario Brothers, and True. they're taking down the uh, corporate elite by murdering them. Yeah.
1: Murdering. eat the rich eat the rich I mean it all's well that ends well really um they are lauded as heroes and uh
0: and the king of the mushroom kingdom is restored to his former self who we see for the very first time and it's Lance Henriksen for all of 10
1: seconds we like Lance Henriksen on this podcast I does he has he starred in any other video game movies do you think
0: he's in Detroit Become Human which is a video game okay but he is mocap and it looks exactly like him. Right. And I'm sure he's done other video game voiceovers. Maybe he's done some voiceover work
1: in something, video game. He must movie be in an related. alien game. Because he's mostly known for Bishop in Aliens. But, like, why does he come back? There's this weird shorthand in movies where the baddie is defeated and the good king just magics back into human form. But he's not had a devolve gun done. He just appears it sort of implies he could have done that at any time but it also just the whole
0: thing about people de-evolving and evolving so when cooper is thrust into the de-evolve chamber for a second and he starts going all t rexy again why didn't he just re-evolve himself why didn't he just make himself more intelligent and evolve himself further like he mm. does with his cooper cousins just keep going i assumed that the evolution or effects. devolution was a one-way street but clearly it's not.
1: Mm. If you were given the choice to be put into a devolution machine, would you want to be smarter? If you had to, would you want to be forced to be smarter in that sort of irritating Cooper Cousins way? Or would you rather like a life of simple luxury where you could dance to Muzak in an elevator for hours? Is this this kind of flowers for Algernon... Very much so. Scenario. I'm putting you in that chair. Five, four, three... Intelligence. (laughs) Evolve me. Evolve you. Okay. So you can use better vocabulary. Yeah, I'd rather
0: be more verbose.
1: Okay. I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I get you. Let's
0: hope it means what I think it means.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, when the first Cooper Cousin gets evolved, I thought his head had got bigger, like his brain had got bigger, but I realised it was just his haircut <laughs> that makes the top of his head look all swole. <laughs> but uh, the Mario Brothers, normally the sort of film they want to stay forever because it's a lovely, but they, they know Dino Hatton's a shithole. So, um, <laughs> they decide to go to the portal, uh, which Daisy is about to seal forever, and Daisy wants to stay behind, get to know her dad. Make sure everything's all tickety-boo yeah. and settled in Dino Hatton. Save the climate crisis. <laughs> says, uh, bye and bye Not do- after a, uh, a little kiss. Yeah, I mean, Mario kind of haunts Luigi throughout this film. He kind of provides advice through every sort of interaction with a female. And I think for a hot minute, Daisy thinks all three of them are on a date. <laughs> but no, he's just uh, providing a bit of brotherly advice to Luigi. He's looking over Luigi's shoulder as Luigi kisses Daisy, uh, which is kind of creepy. But we join the Mario Brothers three weeks later. We know that because there's text on the screen. There's like a, a news report. Well, We're it's the of...
0: same show that Luigi was watching at the start called Our Miraculous World. So it's, yeah, it's kind of
1: mysteries kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And the reporter mentions the whole episode. And there's news footage of the Goombas mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, which suggests that people are now aware mm-hmm. of what happened. But it's still treated like it's in a mystery. I know. It's everything sort of normal. And they're, they're more excited by the fact that the news reporter says, I would go as far as to call them the Super Mario Brothers, which mm. is meaningless. It's not like anyone would report on anyone. It's like saying, super, super noodles. <laughs> yeah. Rather than getting a knighthood, you're now Super Paul McCartney. Or
1: <laughs> I mean, it's America, man. I can imagine being super is now a rank. Yeah. <laughs> well, you um, get superintendent, super, super admiral. But the most exciting thing in the world happens to my young mind because life seems back to normal. And then Daisy appears again. She bursts through the door, looking like Ripley from Aliens and brandishing a flamethrower. And she says, You're not going to believe what happened. And. It was only on this watch that I thought, Daisy, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for all my life I've been thought, oh gosh, is it like warped from Mario Brothers 2? One of the other sort of B-villains of the Mario universe. Or
0: Tatanga. Or Tatanga from, from the Super Game Mario Boy. Land.
1: Could be like, I've tried to sort out the Dinosaur Kingdom for three weeks and it's Civil War that would have been it, Mario, Super Mario Brothers Civil War. Maybe it's like the whole Mad
0: Match thing and Wario and Waluigi have emerged from the desert trying to take over the city.
1: I believe somebody wrote a comic version a pretty good I will say pretty good, but a <laughs> a, a, a Mario Brothers Movie 2 sequel comic online uh, with lots and lots of detail and and but I, I think it was so labour intensive that's they only half did it, but uh, I'll try and look it up. I'd, might be good. I'm, I'm just a, I'm sure we will get an official sequel at some point in in sort of comic form or something. I think it's getting that... You're really certain about this. <laughs> Very certain. Well, you know, we're going to see the first trailer for the Illumination's new Mario movie and there will be a direct sequel. <laughs> What's happened next? There
0: is a little teaser at the end of the credits. Well, I say teaser, but just a little cute tag where... Idi and spike the cooper cousins
1: yeah it was the first time we have mentioned them by name
0: yeah they appear at the at the end they have been fully rehabilitated they're living in brooklyn and you have a couple of japanese video game developers Mm -hmm. and they want to turn their story into a game and they suggest the super cooper cousins did
1: you not enjoy Uh. the characters of Idi and spike Let's just say I preferred Fisher Stevens' very poor, problematic character in Short Circuit 2 <laughs> to his character in this.
0: I-, I preferred them more when they were intelligent than yes. when they were dumb, because they're just bumbling sidekicks, and then at least they've got a different wrinkle mm-hmm. to them.
1: I mean, they again, they kidnapped eight women. <laughs> so the Japanese businessmen, <laughs> they want to make a video game based on the exploits of multiple kidnappers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a coin-collecting romp through the Mushin Kingdom. No, they it's... want to make the equivalent of Manhunt. Exactly. <laughs> it's weird Japanese game developers. There's and a t- lot of
0: strange Japanese video games.
1: Hmm. Well, anyway. So, the Mario Brothers movie. It's got a reputation, hasn't it? As I said at the start, it seems to have coloured people's view of video game movies at large. And I think... Every video game movie is in the shadow of this one, for for good or ill. What do you think of it as a film? I guess let's let's just break it down a bit. What do you think of it as a film, as opposed to an adaptation? If 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 you could perhaps disassociate it from <laughs> its uh, video game origins. Watching
0: this again, I hadn't seen it for a while, and my overall feeling about it was. It was a bit long, a bit exhausting, and maybe a tad boring. And I think the problem is is that I just got a bit fatigued by the relentless... Once they reached Dinahattan, just endless pushing the characters from here to there to everywhere. The rock's here, Daisy's there, it's falling into the wrong hands. All these little interludes. And there's just no chance for the film... Of the characters to breathe. I like the little opening when you get to know them before they go into the dino hat and parallel world. But once they're there, as much as I appreciate the design, as much as I appreciate the performances, all these ideas everywhere, it's just a bit tiresome and a bit annoying and it pains me to say that because that's there's a lot of stuff I do like about this film and It is really just interesting and unique and just how they got from the source material to the film I find incredibly fascinating. I find everything that surrounds the film so interesting. I just wish that I liked the film as a whole better and I think it's more to do with the construction and the compromises that are clear in the final product. I think there's a lot of talent involved and i really like the performances i like the interpretations of the characters i like the interpretations of the game setting it's strange it's different it's odd it's nothing like how it appears in the games and maybe a lot of it's tonally misjudged in terms of its very strange kind of horny nature (laughs) often Um, now this is again
1: the horniest mario product
0: (laughs) Yeah, so a lot of that I really appreciate and there's so much of it I would not change at all because I think it's just very interesting and fascinating that it, this is the film that exists. But I felt watching it this time that I didn't really uh, get along with it and enjoy it and you really have to go with it. Mm. You know, you have to really come to the film you know, wheeling it on a bit because if you Not really into it, it's not going to get you on board. Elements, I still enjoy, and I really appreciate all the effort. (laughs) An A for effort. But it's just, maybe, like, scene by scene, I like, but the way it all comes together, I think, just after a while, it becomes a bit too much.
1: (laughs) I feel like I enjoyed it a lot more, but I must admit... That I did watch this in a bunch of chunks. Uh, I actually realised that we were recording this episode, and I hadn't watched this film yet, so I had to. I watched it. Uh, I rented it on YouTube, and I watched it over uh, a couple of days. In when I could, so I was watching it fairly episodically. So for me, I didn't get the uh, uh, the fatigue that you did. So yeah, the
0: sort of cumulative effect of. Mm everything that's happening all at once
1: you can watch it that way in the future listeners so if you choose to i think you might actually really enjoy it and even if you watch it in its entirety you are right it's just this this wonderful artifact and it is the start really of the major movement on video game movies it's like almost 30 years old and you know we've had so many video game movies in the intervening years and there have been some great ones. It's quite telling that Nintendo themselves didn't make a full-blown, quote-unquote, live-action video game movie until Detective Pikachu uh, last year. But maybe the success of that will cause uh, that fucking Zelda movie to finally <laughs> get made. Or Metroid. I think Metroid was a... Do you remember when John Woo was going to make a Metroid movie? And mm-hmm. was like, what? <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, for all those compromises, for all the uh, what could have beens, I think it's quite nice to have a film that's so wildly out of joint from what we expect from Mario. I have a feeling the new Mario movie by Illumination Studios, if it's too similar to what we know already, then it might not seem as special. So this is a special film. <laughs> yes.
0: We owe this film a lot. You, We wouldn't have a video game movie podcast <laughs> without its existence, most likely. I know a lot of people say these kind of things, but maybe a film like this just would not exist today. Speaking of what could have been other names attached to the project for the character of Mario were
1: Danny DeVito. I feel like we had... We've had Danny DeVito brought up (laughs) so much as in potentials, because he was going to be Detective Peter Chu, wasn't he?
0: In the same interview, Bob Hoskins talked about Mario movie being his biggest disappointment and worst job of his career. He was asked who would play you in a film of your life, and he did say Danny DeVito. Also, in contention, Dustin Hoffman. As who? Mario. Mario?
1: Hmm. He's not corpulent enough. There's a a line in this Mario movie says, was she corpulent? Very corpulent. (laughs) And Tom Hanks. As Mario. But apparently he was
0: too young and they didn't think he had the acting chops in order to pull it off. Hmm.
1: I don't think... I I see him as a Luigi. I I think Bob
0: Hoskins is good casting.
1: Yeah. I... Again, it seems to me that I mostly know him for this movie, for frame Roger Rabbit and Hook, I suppose. Less, less Hook. I'm not a big fan of Hook.
0: And in the role of Cooper, suggested names included Michael Keaton and Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Mm, yeah, <laughs> I would happily see that. I mean, I, I kind of enjoy his uh, Mr. Freeze <laughs> so, from uh, Batman and Robin. So uh, I would go there. How do you end... A review of the Mary movie. I almost don't want it to end.
0: Yes, but I guess we do have to wrap it up. And I'm sure it will be mentioned and referenced in future episodes. But it does seem a shame to put a pin mm-hmm. in a video game movie
1: classic. They say all good things must come to an end. But they never talk about middling things. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, kind of average and sort of 50-50 like and dislike come to an end. Yeah, but that is episode 50 of the Games on Film podcast. Ooh. What is going to have the much-honoured position of episode 51? Well, there could be only one
0: movie that could possibly follow mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers, and that is his rival at one point, mm-hmm. back in the heady days of the early 90s console wars. It is the long-awaited... And, mildly delayed, beat screen adaptation of the blue blur
1: himself, Sonnet the Hedgehog. It's kind of ironic how such a fast character is taking his sweet time getting to to the cinema. Um, Well, just like all good things come to an end, all good things come to those who wait. Yes, I've been, uh, I think we've, we've said in a few times of this episode how this has had a bit of a, uh, an up-and-down production regarding its special effects, but we'll talk about all that and more on the next episode. But uh, in the meantime, how can people keep in touch with Games and Film?
0: You can visit our website, gamesonfilm.witsite.com slash podcast, where you can find links to support the show, as well as all episodes. They're also available on soundcloud.com slash gamesonfilmpod, And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, be that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, or Player FM, or pretty much anywhere. You can contact the show, gamesonfilmpod, at gmail.com, and you can also find us on the social media channels. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and we're on Facebook, at gamesonfilmpod. I'm on Twitter, at Rory Steele.
1: I'm at onlymanwhocan.
0: And the music for this episode was composed by David Lightfoot. Harry,
1: do you have anything you would like to plug? Yeah, I've uh, got some stand-up comedy coming up. I'm at on the 27th of February. I'm at Big Nose Comedy at uh, the Boogaloo in Highgate. So if you uh, Google the Boogaloo, you should be able to find it. That's in London. That is in London. Uh, I'm also doing, uh, still doing Instagram reviews of Starship The Next Generation uh, under the hashtag... Make it solely man who can, because I'm only man who can.
0: And you can also find me at Gamer Disco. We do video game and music club nights in and around London. If you're listening to this at day of release tomorrow, we have got our next event at Queen of Hotstone in Shoreditch. But don't bother coming if you're not listening to this at day of release, because it won't make any sense.
1: <laughs> 50 episodes, done Mortal Kombat, we've done... Lawnmower Man 2 Beyond Cyberspace. We've done all that in the last 50 episodes, but we've got many more movies to come. So, yes,
0: I'm looking at that list of everything we've got coming up, and there is plenty more to do.
1: Plenty more. Well, I've been Harry.
0: I've been Rory. Thank you for listening to this episode and indeed any other episodes you've listened to before
1: as well. Mm -hmm. Remember, trust the fungus. Take care. Bye bye Bye! Well, I must say we have a very exciting proposal. A video game based on your many adventures. What would you call it?
0: Iggy's World, the Indomitable
1: Spike, the Super Koopa Cousins.